0: I wanted to make free and negatively priced groceries up to a thousand times more profitable than selling it today. It's actually better than free because it's negatively priced. Some of these conversations are kind of out there. I sold everything. I was, I, was, I was just gonna be
1: gone. Welcome to the Dre and Smiley, the Inner Circle Podcast.
2: So Smiley, man. So I was trying to figure out how to, how to intro this when I got this morning. And here, here's what comes to mind, right? Remember back in the day, being in college, I'd go out to eat and I couldn't afford the Coke, the Sprite, whatever it was. So I'd order water. Mm-hmm. Now, this is back in the day when it wasn't cool to order water. Water wasn't healthy, right? And this and this and the story I'm sharing mm-hmm. is the journey in my mind of water, right? So I'd order water because it was free. It's all I could afford. And I kind of get like looks like, that's all you're getting is water. And then fast forward, You know, water became more cool and chic and healthy. And now instead of getting that free water, I've seen water in the stores for as much as $5 a bottle and sometimes more, right? Today, our guest has discovered a way to not only provide free water, right, but make it beneficial to and to the, the uh, global water crisis is happening across the globe, right? So with that, that's my intro for our for our guest here today, so the uh, founder of Free Water, Josh Cliffords. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Smiley and Dre. Really appreciate you uh, having me on the
2: show today. Yeah. So let's, ju- let's just jump right into it. So talk to me more of, about the concept of free water and how it works to h- how does it work number one it's free water it's mind-blowing the idea of something being free I, I even don't judge me josh i even tell my kids when we're walking down the street in new york chicago big cities nothing's free if somebody's offering you something for free there's something behind it don't take it it's free so that, that that's the 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 concept <laughs> of free so talk to me about free water
1: yes
0: so to start it's actually better than free because it's negatively priced. So it's free and it donates to charity. So at the consumer level, it's currently 110% off. Wow. And we've created this roadmap to donate and give more. So we, we do um, free water and and aluminum bottles and paper cartons of natural spring water. And it's free because the packaging is the ad space. I dinged this one up. I dropped it on the way in and, <laughs> and, um, and, um It's a new type of media and e-commerce platform that uses QR codes to connect anything on the internet. We're that crazy company that's created dozens of ways where you could earn more than a thousand dollars from a single bottle of water or bag of potatoes in the future, but most importantly, we donate a minimum of 10 cents per water to fight the global water crisis. And in the USA, the average American pays for roughly three bottles of water a day. Our goal is to give 10% of Americans one free water. So let's get 34 million people to save money on one of those waters a day, and we donate 1.25 billion annually. And free water's just the first product of our future free supermarket. The same business model works for every grocery that you buy at your market, every product at Costco, Target, you name it.
2: So, So I saw in one of your clips that you mentioned that your goal, you mentioned the supermarket, it's to be the whole foods of free products, so free water. I can sort of see how that can come to be, right? Because you have, you add it on to the packaging, right? You have your packaging, and you mentioned that most U.S. consumers consume how many bottles a day? Three. So you see, I have two right here at my desk. So so, so that, that proves the point. I'm just,
0: to save you money. I'm just trying to save you
2: some money. So so talk to me about the free grocery store model how does that work so again
0: i gave you a warning before this some of these conversations are kind of out there now we'll just talk about the ad supported ones on this show but just to tell you i've already created at least 10 ways where you can make groceries free donate to charity profitable in the future with no ads at all That's how radically different these models are. And so, but because I wasn't born rich, I needed to start small. So I needed to go with the ad-supported revenue to get going. So in the ad-supported revenue models, the first category of free or negatively priced product, we call it BVRE, below the value of the real estate. And that's like free water or this coffee cup, any product where you cover it in ads or any sort of communication efforts. It covers the cost to manufacture it, uh, to distribute it. Sales team gets 10% our donation to charity and our profit. This works for water, soda, beer, uh, fruits, vegetables, legal, marijuana, chips, uh, cereal boxes, low end generic pharmaceuticals, clothing. If you want the ads on the clothing, I personally don't, but not just low end things because it works for nearly every type of transportation and in some cases, real estate. Now, then you have category two, we call AVRE, above the value of the real estate. It's for everything that we can't put ads on, right? An example, a can of Pepsi. Pepsi will not let me go and put a Nike swoosh on their can of Pepsi right now, right? So in the future, the three of us are going to take out the Freewater mobile app. You're just going to watch a few ads in here. We're going to pay you so most of the ad revenue is instead of going in our pocket is going to go in the end user's pocket. You receive a Visa gift card credit initially. And now we walk into your local supermarket, you put that can of Pepsi there boop, and they're like, Hey, smiley, you owe us a dollar. And then you're just like, boop. and so, so there's the ones that we could manipulate like this Netflix ad for a TV show that they're uh, soon to launch called obliterated. But then there's everything else like, Domino's Pizza won't let me put the ad on there, but bam, you just pay for it by participating there. And so the phenomenon is between those two categories of free or negatively priced ad supported products that represents every good currently sold at Walmart, Costco, Target. Um, Another example is maybe in the news lately, you saw the free TV company. Have you guys seen the free TV? No, tell me about that. Uh, if you Google it, there's a, a free 55-inch TV company they're launching this winter, and they already had like half a million or a million people sign up to get the free 55-inch TV. So it's just a normal TV, okay. and at the very bottom, there's just a banner of ads that are playing, like a stock market ticker symbol of ads. Brilliant. And so like, it it works for pretty much everything. It won't work for a Lamborghini. <laughs> it but it would work for a, a model three, like a Tesla. It would work for like a like a a fifty thousand dollar car. That's ah it
2: gotcha. It, yeah. So so the obvious question then with all that you've just shared is where did the idea for all this come from?
0: So um for my thirtieth birthday I was on a trip around the world and my goal was one hundred countries in four years. I sold everything. I was I was I was just gonna be gone um and this was almost 9 years ago now and i was about a quarter of the way done with the trip i was in rome for 5 minutes and i was blown away by the really sad story of these two brothers who were uh refugees from nigeria and you know they had asked for a couple bucks i gave it to them and um Why their story was so eye-opening was back in 2015, you know, like a million plus people migrated from Africa and Asia into Europe. But in the US side, no matter what your news source was, it said these were bad people. They were tainted somehow, some sort of issue. And you would assume that all these people grew up extremely poor. These two brothers grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth and each had a PhD in architecture, built skyscrapers in the capital of Nigeria, and still ended up homeless in the streets in Europe. And, and they were just really great guys. And it was just such an eye-opening uh, story for me. I canceled the trip around the world and I started a nonprofit organization in Eastern Europe called Save the Refugees. And we were just giving people aid, uh, you know, whatever they needed. And we helped thousands of people from more than 25 different countries. And one in four said, I left my country because I didn't have water or food. And then I was like, wow, like global famine, global water crisis, these are big deals. And then I started researching, well, what are people doing to solve it? And I didn't find any solutions that I thought would work. And it didn't seem like the US government or the UN was going to solve it. And and so I was like, I need to create an out-of-the-box solution so we could donate billions of dollars to charity to help these people or, or the environment or any cause. So I was like, the best way to do that is to invent a new industry. Um, the bigger the industry, the better. So the goal was create a new trillion dollar industry. So we could give at least 10 or 20% of that to charity. And and that's where this idea was born. Like a lot of people don't care about charity. They just want something free. They're like, give me that. Bam, 10 cents. and And, and there it goes. So that was the start of the journey. It sounds so easy. This is year six. You know, it took me like three years just to invent everything. Uh, The first four years, no one would even listen to me. And then um, the pandemic rolled in. Not very many beneficial things happened for the startup at that time. And And then we got things rolling. And right now we've manufactured, I think, our 350 or 60th thousandth water, mainly all this year. Now we're getting big brands like Netflix, NBC, you know, you name it. And, and next year, I think it's it's going to explode, especially because we're launching free 12 and 24 packs.
1: So tell me, tell me this from uh, your business perspective. How did you get the financial representatives on your team to say, you know what, we're going to start a startup, but we're not going to bring in any cash. We're not going to bring in any revenue because there's no sales and it's going to be negatively priced. How did that conversation go and how did you get the balance sheet accountant types to say, you know what, let me jump onto this because it's it's a negatively priced product, which is contrary to most American businesses.
0: So, look, um, people people hear free or negatively priced mm-hmm. and they have their assumptions, but it took me many years to invent this because I wanted to make free and negatively priced groceries up to a thousand times more profitable than selling it today. Because I was like, if if I don't prove that this is just hands down the more profitable thing, the Coke, mm-hmm. Pepsi, Nestle's, Walmart, and Amazon's won't copy. They just care about money, right? They don't care about us. Right. And so mm-hmm. when people hear free, they're like, oh, there's no profit involved. But look, like Facebook's free, Google's free, porn's free. Right. It's not free because yeah. they care about us. It's free because it's the most profitable mechanism of doing business. So I had to really convey that. And initially I was only telling people about the social impact and then everyone thought I was crazy. So I had to kind of reformulate the way I was communicating to show investors that the social impact and the profit go like hand in hand. And so, the the phenomenon here is that in the U.S., do you guys ever get the junk mail in your mailbox at your house?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: that still has the highest ROI in the USA ad industry at twenty nine percent. Wow, twenty nine percent. The only thing that's right there with it is social media influencer marketing, mm-hmm. like Facebook and Instagrams, like fifteen, and Google's less than ten. And so even the the crappiest piece of junk mail, like in the mail by itself, like the postcard yeah. with the stamp, yeah. mm-hmm. like. I look at it for a second. That's one impression, two impressions, right? Like you're supposed to send it to them 10 times before you could try to get that ROI. So that's like nine or $10 per 10 impressions. Wow. Or if I give you a free water or a free beer or a free soda, whatever, unless you like chug it, you're going to glance at it 10 times before you're done drinking it. It's refillable. It's got a two year shelf life. We've had some people that have had it in their fridge for two years. Like, they probably saw it 900 times in two years. So the cost per 10 impressions of this is a fraction of the price. And that's a $30 billion industry. And now the um, the attributes of this are different because I fucking hate advertising mediums typically. Like they're annoying, right? Like YouTube yeah. pop-up yeah. ads, uh, TV commercials, yeah, yeah. uh commercials. All of like, it. Other than this. Other than the Super Bowl, people tend to not like commercials, right? Like, I'll, I'll watch a basketball game, and in the last four minutes, there'll be 50 commercials <laughs> yeah. trying to sell me something.
2: Right, right. Like, right.
0: If I'm watching the game, that's all I want to see. And I don't want to see a commercial for, like, Toyota or Nike, right? right? It doesn't yeah. make me want to buy a pair of shoes. But this is different because at scale, instead of the advertising medium attacking people – people come to us, they download the app. They're like, Hey, please send us free stuff. Then you're happy that the stuff comes to your house, the free groceries, yeah, yeah. right? You're like, Oh, it's not in a plastic bottle. It's expensive water. And then you're like, wow, Nike giving me free stuff, yeah. donating to charity. Like that's the mindset you should see a Nike ad. Not like I'm just only want to watch the game and then they ruin my day because it's like, oh my God, (laughs) that doesn't want to make me buy a pair of Nikesys, right? And so many years from now when we've launched all groceries and you guys are sitting down with your family and all the food is free, Mm. you're just going to be like, holy shit, like just 10 years ago or whatever, this would have been an expensive deal. Who's responsible for this? And you're going to be like Adidas, right? Like, wow. Next time your kids need a pair of shoes – you're going to get adidas like Mm
1: -hmm. you're
0: you're going to support the brands that supported you and so the phenomenon is these brands are spending more money on marketing than to just give us the products for free in the first place most of the time anyways
1: that's you know i I watch your video on youtube and tell me this because i saw if no one is at your booth or your table, nobody wants to free water. And they're almost rude when they just like, no, I don't want your free water. But when, if you have three or four people there, then it's like the follow the leader mentality. So from your experience of giving free water away or just the concept in the psychology of free, what are two or three takeaways? Is it, is it that the trend will become that people will become more trusting of free goods or you just need to have a crowd there to get it started. And then everyone else will come and get your free products. Cause I, I'm unlike Dre, I shop at the Goodwill. I see something free. I go directly to Free. Free is like a magnet <laughs> for me. So anything free, I'm going to it. But in your video, I guess you were in New York or somewhere and everyone's just ignoring the guys, yelling at them, and they're just like ignoring them. I'm like, as soon as I hear free, I'm like, all right, let oh. me let me find out where the catch is.
0: So there's a few, there's a few things. Um, number one, I think, I think I know what video you're referring to. And if that was like the FreeThink documentary, um, mm-hmm. they came out and they've got like a camera this big, you know? Oh. So like, usually when we're giving out free shit, um, it, it's gone, like, right? And and I, and we might film, but we'll just film with like an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit mm-hmm. intimidating when you've got a camera that's three feet It's oh, like, what's really
2: going on here?
0: Come grab a free Right, day. right, right. Like, What's the catch? Not really free. Have to
2: be on like the news. right, 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 right.
0: <laughs> now, also, what you see on social media of how we give out the waters—that's not the scalable business model. It's not scalable to have people standing on out every corner,
2: you know, mm-hmm. giving away
0: free shit. Um, that was just to like—that's just to like drum up uh, videos and content and and educational material. Like this is possible. Wow, right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, big picture, what's scalable is all the free groceries are going to go to your house for free, free groceries and free delivery, and every product donates to charity. So when you open up that free case of water, beer, cereal boxes, all of those ads are going to be individualized just for your household, different than the neighbors, Personalized. Right. right? Different than the neighbors,
1: right? Personalized ads.
0: So this works for it all. And so you got to just think about instead of looking at food and water like food start looking at it as like a billboard or a magazine. And then like every billboard um there's ways to judge if a billboard's expensive or not. There's formulas. And it's based off like location, impressions, like, you know. So like right now the most expensive billboard in the world is the sphere in Las Vegas. It's like 400 something thousand a day, that big crazy uh-huh. uh you know, sphere thing. But but with like billboards like this, it's, it's different. And, and some of the food is only getting cheaper and cheaper to make. And mm-hmm. the marketing's only going this direction. And we created new ways to manufacture and distribute in the future that are not possible when things even cost one penny, And so these new ways of doing business make it extremely cheap and green to get the free groceries to your house. And so it's like this perfect storm and everyone just happens to have a supercomputer in their pocket, right. With like a built-in code. Like it's just this perfect storm of things. But most of my inventions could have existed for 70 years. You had the missing people on the milk cartons in the fifties. So we Mm -hmm. had the ability to print photo quality images on the packaging 70 years ago, we could have had free milk, free eggs, free bread, uh, you know, free beer, a lot, a lot of shit seventy years ago. Then we had um, free newspapers and the magazines starting in the eighties till now. Right.
1: So, just um, just continuing this same theme. Let's say I'm a gross, or I'm, a, I'm OSI, I'm JBS, I'm Driscolls, and I want to participate in your your free program to do the advertising. If if I'm a large food manufacturer, Wegmans or Smithfields. How do I contact you or what would be a way for you to get that conversation started if I'm one of these big behemoth food companies and I want to partake in your business?
0: So the issue with those big behemoth food companies is two parts. Part Mm -hmm. number one, they're like, hey, we sell food and water, so you're not Mm -hmm. welcome here pretty much. Right. Um, because they're just like, are you going to give us the free water and free food and then we could sell it for whatever we want? That sounds amazing. It's like, no, like free water has to, we don't want it to be like Arizona iced tea where it says 99 cents on yeah, the yeah, yeah. and they sell it for like. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but when you want to get into like Walmart or Driscoll's or like your local supermarket, they have these forms on the website, like 25 standard pages to go through. And none of it represents what we do because it's like, Well, what's the lowest we could sell it for? What's the highest we could, like, we don't fit into that category. So then when I got on the phone with like the executives who were in charge of putting stuff on the shelf, um, and I spoke to them with a lot of these major companies, um, she was, they were just like, look, Josh, like, like under the table, off the record, I'm rooting for you, but we're not going to help you. I was like, why? (laughs) They're like, because you're saying my job won't exist in the future i'm like well what do you mean they're like well my job is head of putting things on the shelf at like this big company and i'm trying to find the cheapest thing that we could sell for the most and it's the chief marketing officer's decision to say what ads go into the store so you're saying you believe that my job and that job are going to be one job in the future and then what am i going to do right and then so i would then go speak to the head of innovation I've spoke to the head of innovation at some of the biggest fortune 500, uh, food and beverage companies in the world in the last two mm-hmm. years. And what they said is really interesting. They're like, Josh, I'm head of innovation for, I won't say the name, but this major beverage, mm-hmm. company. do you know what the average lifespan is of the head of innovation or the chief marketing officer at a fortune 500 company? I'm like, what? They're like one to three years. Wow. Why is that? So wow. even though it's my job to be innovative, I'm scared to bring ideas to the CEO because I'm scared they're going to fire uh-huh. me. Like, I would love to go and say, like take credit for your idea even and go bring it there and pretend it's my own, but they're going to fire
2: That's me. That's ironic, isn't, isn't like, it? We're... It's like you're the head yeah, of innovation, totally. but you... don't be too innovative because I'm going to let you go.
0: Totally. And so so uh, one of them said, I quote, Our company is run like it was 100 years ago, just a a bunch of white-haired old dudes. And and we do business the same way we've done business for 100-plus years. We fill a beverage, and we ship it one time, and we never want to see it again. You're talking about new ways to manufacture, new ways to distribute, new types of software, advertising, new ways. They're like, we don't do that. We don't want to do that. We're making billions a year we're just gonna wait and see if you're successful. And when you are, we'll be forced to buy you. And if we're still, if we're too stupid to buy you or you won't sell, we'll just go out of business because we move so slow, yeah. so mm-hmm. slow. Well, these are, these and are so, behemoths, right? Yeah, these are, these are the biggest companies in yeah, the world. Yeah, so it's like, it's like trying to turn, yeah. turn the
2: Titanic. Tell, tell me this, Josh. So how would the consumer, right? On the other side of the of the uh, the equation, how would the consumer, uh, uh, you know, receive the product? So this is great. I love I love the concept. How do I get some? How do I get a case of free water as a consumer? Where do I go? You don't sell it in the stores
0: today. Today it's difficult because ninety nine percent of our business is
2: B two B, meaning we we design it for Netflix,
0: we ship it to Netflix, ah. and they handle their distribution, right? And there's so many different verticals we've done so far next we're launching direct to consumer and it has to be all original because again supermarkets won't let us in mm-hmm. and also we can't put it on amazon because amazon takes 10 to 15% commission on everything you sell so we're we're locked out at everywhere so mm-hmm. on first hand three three ways first way free vending i was machines. about to say that we're college campuses
2: free vending machines college campuses <laughs>
0: So I've created new types of hardwares and softwares where you can't rob this machine unless you like take like a crowbar to it. But if you play by the rules, this is a secure machine and it's free, right? Number two is the Jeff Bezos way, which is he started with books. And then once he had the books come into your house, one product at a time, right? So once we get the free water going to your house and 12 and 24 packs and free soda, free beer, free fruits, free veggies, free club, one product at a time, right? And then we're launching the free Amazon. Our parent company is freegrocerystore.com. Whoa. And so there's got to be that website or platform for the free and negatively priced products or services because we're not welcome anywhere. And right now there's there's people all around the world copying what we're working on. And also we're mentoring a lot of them, helping them copy to accelerate them so they don't have to go through all the struggles that I did in the early days. They're all going to come on freegrocerystore.com because they can't go anywhere else, right? Only once we prove to the to the Costco's and the Walmart's and the whatever that, hey, we don't fucking need you guys. We already went it's direct to the consumer in ways you could never do it. That's when I think they're going to call and be like, hey, hey, let's get some of that free soda. In the, right.
2: In the <laughs> same, uh, hey, Josh, <laughs> about that free stuff you're you're getting rid of. Let's talk. So, so um, one of the one of the reasons you're doing the free water. and my guess is the free grocery store will also take the same path in terms of helping, um, you know, nonprofits across the globe. You know, address you know food.
0: Every every product will have a different cost. Okay,
2: and so so in terms, let's talk about the free water. So you know the global water crisis that exists. You guys, Mm -hmm. you know, minimum of ten cents of every bottle sold goes to help that. Talk about some of the uh, NGOs and local uh, communities or charities that you're partnering with to uh, to help them address the uh, global water crisis. So
0: we've vetted a lot of nonprofits. uh, 25 or 30 so far. And right now we only donate to two different ones. One is well aware. It's Austin based nonprofits, more grassroots. Um, they're like really premium projects. And we also donate to charity water. They're like the giant in the space. Um, they have a hundred percent model, meaning every penny goes to it. And so these were the best that we could find because I didn't want to donate and, and have it not work well. And, There's a phenomenon here where something like 60% of the water projects built by USA or foreign NGOs in Asia and Africa break in the first 180 days and then no one fixes them. So I didn't want to donate, have us donate to something that's going to be broken a hundred days later, because it's one thing to not have water. And that's horrible, right? And to walk and to live that life and and three to seven hours of your day, it's just like, how do I get water, clean it, this or that? But once you go from that and you're like, no, I've got clean water, and then six months later to have it break and go back, it's almost even sure. worse because you felt yeah, life with water. Right. right. And and so those are we donate to those two nonprofits right now because they were the best that we could find. We're open to doing other ones in the future, but I really dive in and, and ask them the questions that they don't typically want to hear. And there's there certain criteria
2: a they have to meet and the NGOs that want to partner with you. Is there a certain criteria? Maybe it's on your website or maybe you can share some of that here. I don't know.
0: It, well, in, in the nicest way of me saying this, um, there's a lot of scammy nonprofits out there mm. and, and I have to ask myself, um, why hasn't the Red Cross saved the world yet? They've been around for a hundred years. You know, so like, something's wrong with some of these models, right? Sure. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Well,
0: you gotta you gotta ask the questions, and and if I ask the tough questions, and they totally dodge it and run away, that's a
2: sign right there. Then I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna give them a right, penny, right, 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 right. We're not
0: gonna donate our yeah. And so, like, if I say, hey, what happens when your well breaks? And then like, are you going to guarantee that you fix it? And then they're like, oh, well, let's turn to page 74 of this book and talk about how great the, the yeah. like, Hey, like answer the question, right, right, right. you know, like, yeah. and so mm-hmm. that's the issue. You got to kind of dive, you got to cut through a lot of their bullshit. Cause they've got the shit on their website that makes it look like a perfect system, but you got to dive into it. Um, have, have you guys ever seen, I forget the name of it, but. Um, Matt Damon's got one he works with and yes. his commercials are like, we're, all sitting at, we're sitting at a restaurant, we order the food, they don't bring the cups of water. And then you ask the waiter again, hey, bring me the water. And then like 45 minutes later, they wait till like, you're so frustrated. And then Matt Damon comes out and it's just like, do you know that like 10% of the world doesn't have drinking yeah, yeah, water? Yeah. And it makes you feel bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and so at first, when we were first, like when this was just an idea five years ago, those were the first people I reached out to because I saw the commercial. Mm-hmm. And I, I like some of Matt Damon's movies. So I was like, hey, they seem pretty cool. Yeah. But then when I learned about the business model, I was like, I can't donate a penny to these
2: people. Mm-hmm. I'm not
0: saying that in their own way they don't think it's good or ethical, but to me doesn't align with you. That's not ethical. So so what they do is they'll go to some community that does not have a safe water source, and you could literally be dying of thirst. I imagine people, because I'm a visual person, like you're dying of mm-hmm. thirst, and then in comes like a bunch of jeeps, and out pops Matt Damon and these people, and they're like, "So you could die of thirst right now, or you can. We'll give you a loan, and on the oh. loan, we'll pay for the water well. And because because when I called the nonprofit, like, oh, we don't do the wells, we do the loans, and then I saw other videos on the internet of them and Matt Damon and like. And you would be so surprised—they never stop missing their payments. And
1: I'm like, well, no
0: shit, because they're going to die
1: of thirst. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. I don't think extortion like, deal.
0: And, and and to them, like that's their solution, and and I want to be respectful yeah. of that. But we're trying to raise the bar when it comes to business ethics, sure. and I don't want to be a part of something like that. Yeah, it's tough. It's right? tough. And so, so like, it we got to kind of measure a lot of things here, right. and unfortunately, with society the bar is really low right Yeah, now. it is you know like the bar is really low like if you look at publicly traded or big companies for profit or non-profit i think that like maybe a patagonia is probably like one of the top socially conscious ecoe trying to be brands mm-hmm. right but, but we're trying to raise the bar so high that in the future they don't even register on the charts okay okay and, and so like I, I think it's really it would be like if we were in a class and we're like, hey, we're the three smartest kids in the class, but everyone else was just really stupid. And right. it's, it's easy
1: to be <laughs> smart. And that's
0: society right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, not enough people are trying to push the boundaries towards, we're trying to redefine business ethics. Business ethics is like the thin red line between making a profit and doing the right thing. Right now, people are like, oh, this is ethical. And I, I don't think a lot of these things are, you know, and so we're we're going to do our thing. We're going to we're going to push that line way in the other direction. Yeah. And then I, I believe that the world's biggest companies are going to be forced to copy because it's going to make them look bad that they're not doing it. But what they're really going to care about is they're like, we can't make a thousand dollars from a bottle on Nestle. Sure. We can't make a hundred dollars off of a bag of potatoes. Yeah. Oh, that free water guy's. Uh, he decided not to patent these things. Right. Let's copy him, and it's he's like, brilliant. That's the plan. Let's—I want them to copy because yeah. when you, one day, when Coke and Pepsi copy, I'm banking they're going to copy the 10 cent donation and they're going to give it to whatever cause the CEO cares about. Multiply 10 cents by
2: every Coca-Cola product in the world,
0: right. and so, so, so it's one of the largest. <laughs> it's a lot of money going to the cost.
2: along that same vein, and I, I think you're, you're touching on this right now. You have a lot of patents that you've developed and you're, they're open source.
0: No, no, no. I, I went the other way. Um, I could have patented. They're, they're, they're all open source, patented. right? So when you have an idea, you could, you could patent something if it's available. So you have a lot
2: of inventions. are not the, patented. They're open source. Yeah. Gotcha. So
0: um, the way that the patent office looks at something is it's only patentable. They use these exact words if it's unobvious in nature. So anything negatively priced and profitable was completely unobvious. I could have patented negatively priced food, electricity, transportation, big pharma, anything in the US economy, I could have taken now in the early days. And my wife and I were just like, do we do that? And the first thing we thought of is like, maybe this could be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like we heard the stories of like the people who invented like the water-powered car, whether it's true or not, you always hear like, they just disappear. And, <laughs> yeah, right. and, and number two is, is we want people to copy. We don't want to stifle innovation. Like what, what the, if someone puts us out of business by opening a better free supermarket that donates more money to charity than us, I could live with myself. Right? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't think there should be competition when trying to end global famine, global water crisis. And and so if, I would I would give Coca Cola all of our secrets right now if they called. Wow! Like just hey, call us. <clears throat> I love it.
1: Your your philosophy is similar to I'm going back and I'm paraphrasing Elon when he was coming up with the electric car, he put all of his patents open source because he wanted GM and the rest of the automotive industry because his goal is to get the clean energy for cars, not to compete with everyone. So he published all his designs all his manufacturing everything is open source and he didn't patent it so everyone else could see it and learn from it the difference
0: is he did patent those and now he's letting Mm -hmm. people use the patents for free right now he can still later just be like okay now you got this taste for this stuff now you're gonna pay us something um and he's also a billionaire. He's a fucking billionaire. Like right now we're we're broke as fuck. Like every penny goes. <laughs> yeah. <up as> <laughs> and, um, but usually usually entrepreneurs don't want to be copied. Like if you feel like you invented something that no one else did, your nightmare is to wake up and then everyone copied. In this model, I spent an extra year figuring out how we make money off the copycats and how we get the copycats to also donate to the cause. And again, like mm-hmm. all these people copying and and we're, we're by the end of this year, we're aiming to release manuals in these new industries. So people don't have to struggle like I did the first, just bam, like cut straight to the end of the race, sort of, and get your business off the ground. They're all gonna be on freegrocerystore.com, right? Awesome. And, and then of that revenue, then we could also give more money to charity and, and and so it's just a radically different model, right? Like when, when Coca-Cola copies, we're going to, we're in Austin here. We're going to throw the biggest party Austin's ever seen. <laughs> it's going to be called like a, a Coca-Cola copied free water party <laughs> and it'll be free party. And it's just going to, you know, yeah, yeah. Mean, like a 10,000.
2: I love it. I love it.
0: Because what, what are they? Oh, like we're, we're going to help the consumer by giving them free right. shit. Oh, we're going to donate to charity. Yeah. Like, why is that so bad? You know? It's actually a great thing. Uh, it's actually a great
2: thing. Nope. So so um, we're going to tra- hit the transition question for the final four. Um, and I hate that our time is, is getting so short because I have at least another 90 questions for you. But so, so Josh, in terms of you as a person, you yourself, I know you're on a lot of podcasts, you're on social media, that sort of thing. So people probably know you pretty well and what you do. But what's one thing that most people don't know about you? That you wish they did
0: um my wife was actually making fun of me for this the other night um she was like you're always so scared and terrified of the most simple things (laughs) but then like like the big things like oh you're gonna make like negatively priced electricity in supermarkets and no no problem no no fear with that yeah yeah but like Simple things like filling out like a document on DocuSign okay. or like um I didn't know until a couple of years ago. I've got, to, I've got really bad dyslexia. oh And so like I, I didn't know that until like two years ago. Someone told me that because like, what's your favorite book? I was like, I never read. They're like, come on, you got to read stuff. I was like, no, nah, I have in my I don't even remember ever reading a book my whole life. Oh, um, like maybe in school they would read it out loud. I just cheated my way <laughs> through like every grade. OK. And then. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like you have really bad dyslexia and i was like no no and they're like go on the internet and take a bunch of okay. tests and then i did and then it's like yeah you've got it really interesting. bad and so interesting I'm, I'm really bad at simple things sometimes like reading and writing emails yeah. or I'll, I'll, I'll think i read something like i was at a conference in vegas a few months ago and i like saw their sign as i'm walking to their booth and i'm like asking them about like oh so you offer this 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 and this so Like. We wish we offered those things. We actually offer none of those things. How would you get that idea? I was like, oh, I saw it on the sign. Then I look back at the sign and it says, like, none of that shit. <laughs> 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 really sorry. Sorry,
1: you guys. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Oh, cool. Well, tell me, as part of the um, Final Four, if you were to have dinner anywhere on the planet with three people, alive or dead, where on the planet would you want to have it, and with whom would you want to have those? The dinner at your table, there's four of you at the table, three other chairs. Who and why, and where?
0: Um, one of the, my favorite places I've ever traveled to is actually Amsterdam. Mm. Like, you could read into that. Know, that, but <laughs> I, just really, I just really like I, senior I, friends, bullfrogs, the <laughs> way that they run their culture. Sure. Yeah. And, and it's beautiful, like really beautiful architecture mm-hmm. and stuff. So, who would I have at the dinner? Um, even though I don't know if I would like him, if I met him, I would probably have uh, Elon be mm-hmm. there
1: because,
0: because um, I really—he's in Austin. I'm in Austin. I'm really trying to get these ideas in front of him mm-hmm. because I, I can do the same thing with his Teslas and electricity mm-hmm. too. Um, mm-hmm. And and we'll see, like if he if he had if he knew what I knew. I'm curious, would he go that route, which I believe is a more ethical route, or would he continue on his other path? Mm. Um, number two, just because I actually I saw him from the distance like 100 days ago, and I tried to run after him but completely missed him, would be Dave Chappelle.
1: Ah. Oh, I, I just went to Dave Chappelle's show. He was here in Tampa last Sunday. It was like, amazing. Why, why Dave I Chappelle? Used to love
0: the show. I used to love the old school Dave yeah, Chappelle show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The old school Dave Chappelle show was probably like I don't watch much TV. I never did. I didn't, and I never got into like stand up comedy, but like that was really funny to yeah. me and creative and and some people are just too scared to like push boundaries. Yeah. Especially nowadays. Yeah. Like nowadays mm. like if you say anything boundary pushing, they'll they'll try to crucify right. you, you know. And, and so I respect yeah. people. I respect people who are willing to push boundaries and when you push boundaries and you move quickly, you're always going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like you make mistakes when you, when you do something big, you're going to make mistakes. And a lot of people don't forgive any of that because they're not pushing anything big. They, they just go the safe route and when you when go the safe route. You're probably not making any mistakes. So I respect people that are willing to make mistakes and push boundaries. I think Dave Chappelle is that person. And for the third person, um it would actually be the guy who invented Ethereum. Ooh. Cryptocurrency Ethereum? Yeah, yeah. You like yeah Ethereum. definitely.
1: Ethereum's
0: number two. Um he seems kind of like sometimes a socially awkward dude in the press, like this super software coder guy. But um because when I was first inventing a lot of these things, I was blown away by Ethereum because in their model, they help people. So like we could all go and make like the Smiley and Dre token right mm-hmm. now, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we could start trying to sell it. And you would think like that brings competition to them, but because you minted it, minted it on their blockchain, if the Josh Smiley and Dre token explodes and it's worth billions of dollars, that billions of dollars is added value to their ecosystem. Mm. And that really made me open my eyes to like, business doesn't have to be like one size fits all or zero sum game or like you could create systems where you could help your biggest competitor and everybody wins. And and that was really transformative for me when trying to invent these out of the box solutions to kind of do things differently. Mm. Love it. And so wow. I think that would be an interesting dinner because Elon. I don't know how he would be. Dave Chappelle is going to say some funny shit, and then that Ethereum guy he's probably all quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not saying Right, it, right, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he might throw in some some keywords here and there. Um, in terms of success, personally or professionally, what's been your greatest success?
0: Mm. I couldn't tell you at this time, um, cause I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. So like a lot of people are giving me a pat on the back right now for what we've accomplished so far this year, but I'm, I'm not excited for mm. it yet. You know, mm. um, on Monday, I'm going to Kenya to do the before and after videos on the first two water projects we built. Wow. One of them's mm-hmm. in an elementary school and we'll copy Mr. Beast and do the Mr. Beast thing and give them like school supplies and soccer balls yeah. and I know that's going to feel good because it felt good donating the money. But you don't like I didn't physically get to be there and and see it yet. So I'm looking forward to that. But I think the first major success was like showing the world that this is possible Mm. and and there was that moment. I can't really define that exact moment, but there was that moment where the world started agreeing, Okay, it's possible. Mm. Right now, the ironic thing is now people believe me it's possible with water, but not food. Mm -hmm. And so like so now like and I'm having these high level conversations with people. They're like, "Okay, Josh, you've proved out the free water, free soda and free beer. But no way can you make a Domino's pizza free? Um, It's not possible. And so that's like the next thing. So like we spoke to a potential investor the other day who invested early in like Twitter and a lot of things. And he's like, I think free water, free soda, free beer is like legendary. But unless you could tell me right now how you could make a pepperoni pizza negatively priced, like I'm never going to listen to you again. So I asked him, I was like, (laughs) "Um, do you watch porn? And he's like, yeah, I've watched porn before. And I was like, have you ever paid for it? He's like, never. And so I was like, look, that was two or more people that had sex on camera. You had lights camera people, a producer, a director, uh, people scouting locations, you've got editors, you've got all those things happen, right? Yeah. And, and you don't think that if the ads could get people to have sex on camera, it can't pay for your Domino's pizza? And then he was just like, okay, <laughs> I get
2: spe- so it. Like, <laughs> what do you say? You're speaking my language. I'm sold. What do I sign? Yeah, yeah. So but.
0: People don't if, if I ask anyone on the street, do you think water should be free? Everyone? Yeah. Says, yes. If I say, well, what about food? Half of them say no. And I oh, was like, why? And, and it's weird because they could conceptually see the ads pay for the whole water supply chain. But when I say, what about food? Then they think it's communism. They're like, no, because I don't want the farmer to work for free. So then I have to say, but what if they made their normal salary or even more because the ads paid for that, too? then like oh of course well who doesn't want that sure and so like we're i think like to change that perception
2: you know that there's a whole paradigm shift right it's a whole paradigm shift like i was saying at the like i was saying at the start you know I, we all grew up with nothing's free right if it's free there's some catch and so that is that paradigm shift even those that you you just said you sold them on the water being free they're like okay i bought into that but the idea of food being free, the first thing that comes to my mind, just being candid is if, I, if the food is free, the quality is gonna be lower, right? But that's not necessarily the but case. That's, that's not necessarily the case. The whole foods are free, the
1: whole foods are
2: free. Say it again?
0: You know, the whole we're making the whole foods are free. I don't want anyone to be like, I, like with the water, we could have went with like really shitty tap water. And I also could have put it in a plastic bottle, which I didn't want to do, right? And. I didn't want any water snob to be like, oh, I only drink water. Right,
2: so right, right, right. Heavy. Quality is not impacted it at protect. all. That's that's the beauty, beautiful part of no, it. No,
0: so like we'll put this water up against any expensive, overpriced water brand. Anybody. I love
2: does. that. I love that.
0: And, and when we do <clears throat> beer, like it's gonna be the highest quality beer. And when we get into groceries, like these are gonna be organic groceries. Like we'll have all types, but like. Today, a lot of people could only live off like the dollar menus at Wendy's, mm. at McDonald's. Like that's all they know are those 99 cent crispy chicken sandwiches. Um, but when when these other things are available, now all of a sudden the, the healthy food, the expensive mm. food is gonna be available at scale to the masses. And- I love it. That's the paradigm we gotta switch, right? In the 90s, nobody thought software, the free software could be good. Mm. Right, but now free software, everyone accepts it. Facebook, Google, porn, Instagram,
2: uh, Twitter, TikTok,
0: yeah, yeah, Instagram. It, it's cool, like video games, like right? Fortnite. Like, but now when people hear free food, oh, there's got to be something wrong yeah, with yeah. it, and so that's the, the script we got to flip. And you can only do that by proving it. It's true, right? You got to prove. it.
1: Well, Josh, I had my epiphany moment earlier earlier in the podcast when you mentioned. Instagram, Facebook, and porn. Not that I watch a lot of it, but once again, it's like it's all free. And 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 then we had we had a podcast guest on here a couple months ago and they opened up a laundry mat. And for some reason they got in the idea to have free Fridays laundromats and it's sponsored by local businesses. And they got so much activity. And when you were speaking, I just thought about that couple. They were like, we, they didn't think they were going to make any money. But now it's a free Friday. It's been going on for months. Different entrepreneurs or companies in the area would sponsor Fridays. And they get their advertisement. And everyone in the neighborhood gets to watch their stuff for free. So I love this freemium model, this freemium concept. and its And we're living it. We just don't realize we're living it. Everything we do, we're living it on social platforms. But when you said that earlier, it clicked for me. I'm like, he's right. I'm not paying for anything that I get for free. Why couldn't I just get the water or the food the same way? So that's clever. I like it.
0: Just different. So at scale, this is the combo of the money from the ads and the digital stuff, like, you know, that sort of thing, just like the other platforms. But Mm -hmm. also these new ways of manufacturing and distributing are going to be like four times more efficient than what goes on today. And so it's the combo of the revenue today and the cost savings of tomorrow, where then this becomes like every company's going to copy. And so, yeah, like back to your question, like proving out the free water was possible. Like, I think that was, I guess, the biggest accomplishment so far, but now we got to get it to people in the masses and then Mm -hmm. give people those free bags of potatoes and everything else now next,
1: right? Awesome. Well, here's the third Final Four question. Superman flies. The Hulk is strong. The Flash is fast. What is Joss Clifford's superpower? Something that's uniquely you that no one else on the planet of 7 billion of us, that's what's your superpower?
0: I hate taxis and taxi drivers. (laughs)
1: What about Ubers? Well,
0: what happened, how we got here in the first place was I was on this trip around the world before I'd ever met those Nigerian refugees, right? And what I re- like, this was the best time of my life, this trip around the world. like, Imagine seeing like 20 countries in a short period of time. It's just so mind-blowing, sure. right? And all the amazing people and cultures you meet along the way. But it didn't matter where I was. As soon as the taxi driver realized you're from out of town oh, they rip you off on the meter. Right. And then, um, and then, um, I'd be in, I was in the middle East, uh, someone tried to rob me. I was in this country. They tried to rob me and I was getting fed up with taxis. I had just got to Europe and it was 2015 Uber had just spread to Europe. And I was like, finally, I, I could pay like a set price before I get in the car. No more, no more getting ripped off on the meter. Right. And so I was on my way to this big music festival, and in Budapest, Hungary, and the Uber driver pulled over and 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 tried to rob me with a knife.
2: Whoa. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I was just like, a I was scared shitless, and b I was just like, look, like. You're not gonna do anything right now, hopefully, because I took the Uber app here. Yeah, and they like, know who you are. You're just going go to jail. <laughs> yeah. <right>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and then he got emotional and then just let me go. And I walked like the last mile or two to the music festival. I was so angry. Yeah. I, was, I was just like, fuck the taxis. Fuck Uber. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make a free taxi company one day called Free Taxi. Elon Musk is going to make the self-driving cars, and I'm going to create an innovative advertising platform. Even though I know nothing about marketing, I'm going to make it free. So while traveling around the world, I was just like sketching in notebooks three hours a day, trying to figure out how can I do this? And two weeks later, I already created a handful of models that would pay for it. And then quickly, I realized free is not good enough because there's no like moat. There's no water around the castle. Because let's say if I I was successful, why wouldn't Toyota just copy, Uber just copy, like Tesla just copy, Mm -hmm. right? So then I was like, I got to put some elements in there where they can't. So I started looking at like their financials because these are like publicly traded Mm -hmm. companies. And then I realized how inefficient they were. Mm. Like everything, every direction they turn, they lose 90% of every watt of electricity, every thread of fabric, Mm -hmm. every. And I was like, I got to figure out how to make like negative 120% off profitable. Because if I do that, after 3 or 4 years there's going to be blood dry trying to keep up cuz they're not they're not they're not that level of efficiency right, right? right, right. so i was mm-hmm. like now i'm going to brainstorm how to go like -160 170 off and when i fall short at 110 120 i'll be good a few weeks later i saw -170 -180 -190 and then i was like wait a minute like why if you could do this like what can't you make that? And then I started running through all these things. And then two weeks later is when I met those two Nigerian brothers and then started this nonprofit. And then when I met these refugees, when one in four were like, yeah, I left my country cause I didn't have water or food. I was like, I'm going to do free water and food, but I'm going to do that later. I'm going to do free taxi first and free lights and free electricity. And so I was making a commercial years later. I was making a commercial for free taxi. I was living in Europe still, but I was in the States. I was in Times Square, New York city. I was in LA. I went to like Harvard, MIT, UCLA, all the college campuses. And I'd get these people on camera, like, would you take a ride in a free Uber? And then, um, the, the, the camera guy was like, Josh, I'm thirsty. Can you go get me a bottle of water? And we were in Times Square. So I go into 7-Eleven, I think. And, um, I go to like the the you know, the pantry like the case, and then I see a box of uh, boxed water for the first time. Yeah, and it was this brand called Boxed Water is Better. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. It's like a white, um, it's like a white box with the ugliest logo you've ever seen. I'm staring at that, and I was like, Boxed Water, really? And it was like four dollars a box, and I was like, What the fuck? And then um, (laughs) I remember the missing people on the milk cartons. I was like. They could print anything on there. Why would you have this ugly logo? And then I turn it to the other side and it was the same ugly Mm -hmm. logo, but 50% of the real estate wasn't being used. And then side three, it just says hello, (laughs) like this big. And then it's 98% empty space. And then I turn to side four and it's like, we donate up to 1% of our profit. And I was like, that's bullshit. 1% is not enough. And then And then I remembered the stories of the refugees saying like, I didn't have any water, I didn't, and then I was like, wait a minute. I felt my phone in my pocket. I was like, everyone's got this super computer Mm -hmm. and with the QR code scanner, you could bring anything on the internet to life, right? And then I, and then that was like the last day of filming. So I went back home to meet with my late mother in LA and I was like, mom, like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm working on free taxi and free flights and free electricity i genuinely feel like i solve these problems just haven't executed on wow. it. wow but this whole free water thing it, it just sounds so appealing to yeah. me like what are your thoughts and, and she put me in my place she was like josh you're no elon musk like, <laughs> He's and, like thanks and she was just like, even if you invent, reinvented these things, mm-hmm. right? And it's the truth. Like you figure out a way to give people free electricity, free taxis, free whatever. Yeah. We're, we're, we're middle class, lower middle class. Yeah. Like no one's going to believe you and no one's going to give you like a fleet of a hundred or a thousand cars to prove this is possible. No one's going to give you like an electricity utility right. to prove or an airline, right. Right? right? Zero percent. I don't care how hard you yeah. try. No one's going to do it, but a middle class person could start a water company, a beer company, a t shirt company, a chocolate bar. Company. Right, right, right. It's like you got to prove this negatively priced and profitable thing on something a
2: middle class
0: person could do. As you and then later, yeah, they might believe you about these other things if you prove yeah, it right. Yeah.
2: As you share that, Josh, that's a that's a heck of a superpower being able to recognize opportunities and execute because most people are and nothing against you know you know those that we know that think small but it's just you know that's just their paradigm you know it's it's a heck of a task to recognize an opportunity that's a superpower to recognize an opportunity and then spend three hours a day trying to figure out how can i solve this situation right most people are just like ah that's a problem hate it for that guy move on keep on with my life or whatever but so so, as it, it, you know, I guess being an out of out of the box thinker—that's one way I would think I would describe it—is—is is definitely. Yeah, a but this power. whole
0: thing just got fueled by like a hatred for taxi drivers yeah, yeah. and how they treat. <laughs> it. Yeah. And then it somehow evolved. To
2: yeah, like...
1: yeah.
2: Everything starts from somewhere, right? Everything has to have have a genesis. So, um, if you were to write a book, right, about your life—an autobiography—what would the title be?
0: I don't even know. Um, so again, I'm not good at, I'm not really great at reading and writing. And so the issue here that I have right now is I'm actually working on a book, not an autobiography, but I'm working on this manual mm-hmm. to help entrepreneurs copy. Okay. And like, thank God for ChatGPT4 where it could take my gobbledygook mm-hmm. and and I could train it up and it's like helping me Yeah. or I would, I would be doing this for ages. And so um, I I really don't know. It would just be about, um, maybe it would be called, like, it would be about, like, breaking the glass ceilings that we all impose on each other Ooh, and ourselves. I like that. Because, like, in my, like in my early 20s, I was scared of everything. Mm. Like, heights, food, this, that. And then for my 22nd birthday, I, I made a list of, like, the top 10 or 20 things that terrify me. And it's like, in the next 90 days, I got to face all these wow. things. Like an example, like I was scared of heights, so I was like, I'm going to jump out of planes a few times. I was scared of going in really deep water. I'm like, I'm going to go do a scuba diving thing and do some other stuff. Um, I was scared of getting fights. I was like, I'm going to volunteer to be a sparring partner at every boxing gym in LA. And I just got my ass whooped every time. <laughs> um, and and, um, and, um, and then after I faced all the fears on the list, then I realized like, Oh, I kind of just like broke these glass ceilings that I had self-imposed on myself, whether it was like my parents or friends or family or just me, like being scared. you know. And then I was like, well, where can I push this? And so um, then I I enlisted in the army to try to go from civilian to Green Beret. And I was like, that'll be challenging. And then I got hurt on the way. I got hurt, never happened uh, and super humbling you like your own boss your whole life and then now everyone else is your boss um but then when i when i started on this journey i was terrified because you know i'm 32 at the time and i graduated in 2003 i was the jock i hate computers mm-hmm. I, I i typed like this i like computers were actually like my last big fear in mm-hmm. life um i was like how am i gonna be the the, the next like ceo of a tech company mm-hmm if I don't even know how to type or use a computer and, and, and like, do you really want to like try to put Nestle out of business? That sounds scary. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife and I were living in Europe and I was just like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to do this. This was in, this was summer of 2017. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable. I don't want to put myself in uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. anymore. I don't want to try to make any waves with these companies. I'm just going to forget all about these ideas. And then like a hundred days later or so, I just felt so guilty Mm. because I, I I just couldn't stop thinking about them and how many people you could help and how it could help the environment. And, and I was just like, you're just not doing it because you're scared. And you know, that like 99.9999% chance you're going to fail at this. And and you're scared of that likelihood that like, this is going to fail 99% plus I would have to face like my last fears and and like learn how to code when I don't even know how to like make a PowerPoint and to do like, you know, so eventually I bought a laptop and I just, I've been working at this like 75 to hundred hours a week ever since wow. September 2017. Wow. So, like I had no background in social media, marketing, manufacturing, water, food, Computers, so like I had to start from zero everywhere, right. and and all I really had was like, like people like David Goggins on the internet yeah. who were just making these like motivational videos, right. and I'm, you know what I mean, and that was like it. So like like for me like this guilt kind of still drives me, because I know that we're gonna save a hundred thousand lives a day in the future mm-hmm. by giving Americans free food and water. Right. Right. And and that bothers me today, like because I haven't been successful today. A hundred thousand people are going to die around the world,
2: and that, and that's your motivation. That that's kind of the motiv- the kind of the motivation to keep this going. The, the, what what I, what I pulled from that is the title, and I, I think you mentioned this. I may have re, I may, I may butcher the uh, the exact. Hey, give me a new title. Give no, me no, no. I, <laughs> here's here's, here's, here's like what I gathered, and tell me if I got this right: breaking the self-imposed glass ceiling. Is that kind of, kind of captures like it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But but I, the title I gleaned from it, which seems like a t-shirt, is
2: where you just said, Josh, start,
1: start from, from zero. zero. You said you that's started from zero and everywhere. You everywhere. started with PowerPoint typing in, and that's such a catchy phrase, start from zero. And I just think it's amazing how you just grinded it out. you yeah. said, you know what? I want to make a change. I, I have zero experience in manufacturing, zero experience. And let me just figure uh, it out. Who's gonna be my? I'm gonna conquer Nestle. Right. right. I'm gonna take the largest <laughs> food company That's on the right. planet, <laughs> and it's like a David and Goliath, Goliath right, story. Right, right. Like, all right, yeah. I'm gonna just go get him. I'll
0: check this out because people always say that, and I saw a really good TED talk on the David and Goliath story, and mm-hmm. and and what they don't tell you about that story until recently is Goliath actually had no chance in hell.
1: Zero chance. Because
0: because he was actually blind. Yeah. And and you get all the clues. He was blind. Mm-hmm. And you got David. He was like this farm boy. And he was shooting, like, with this slingshot, hitting zebras and tigers from four football fields away.
1: Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And so, like, he's hitting a tiger from four football fields away. And then you've got a big blind dude standing
2: seven feet in front of you. That's a great analogy, Smiley and Josh, because you think about these behemoths, right? They are pretty much blind because they're so narrowly focused, right? The innovation, the concept of innovation is not really there, you know? So in in a sense, they're really blind, blinded by, you know, how narrowly focused they are. And so someone, you know, like a David comes along, in this case, Josh, you know, who's been just crushing it. The idea that 22, you come up with a list of your fears and decide to conquer them. You know, that's that says a lot about, you know, your your uh, personality and you know, how you approach things. So that David, smile, that's a great analogy of the David and Goliath that you guys uh, shared. Yeah.
0: But um, so like, I'll give you this, the example is not only like the head of innovations and CMOs that these companies are scared to speak up or they'll lose their job, but when you think of like Coke and Pepsi, these giants, right? Like even Warren Buffett's, Coca-Cola can't be disrupted. Their biggest uh, advantage is their scale, these mega factories and whatnot that they put in place, right? That's their Achilles heel because they built their factories and infrastructure physically and and software-wise based around a world where things cost Mm. money. But there's this new paradigm, the, the free world, quote unquote, right? Or the negative price world. And there's new ways to manufacture And I invented them all and and it's the exact opposite of how their factories are built so for example the big coke factory the big amazon factory they, they they're in the middle they ship things across a town city state country in the world and the further they ship it the worse it is for the environment the more the consumer pays to make up for their inefficiencies but the trash collector doesn't do it that way they they go to smiley's house and then the neighbor's house and the neighbor's house thousands of consecutive homes when they pick up the trash Why doesn't the trash man go to Smiley's house, drive 10 miles away, go to Dre's house, drive seven miles away, go to my Mm. house, drive 15 miles away, go to whoever's house. That's not very efficient, right? But that's how Walmart and Amazon make delivery every day, because they can't force you to buy their products, so they can't guarantee delivery to two consecutive homes. But the future of free groceries is we deliver the free groceries house after house after house after house after house. If Smiley doesn't want the free groceries, he downloads the app, says, hey, take me off your list. We skip the house and go to Dre's house and then the next house. So this, this these new ways of delivering things consecutively and these new ways to manufacture the the, the Goliaths out there, they can't do that. And and so they're going to have to copy these inventions or they'll never be able to, to do free delivery profitably and they'll never be able to do a lot of these things. And so I want them to copy because these are really eco friendly ways of doing business. Right. So so I had to like think of like their biggest advantages and make it their disadvantage. Also, like their biggest advantage, the Coke logo. But now that's their biggest disadvantage because they're so scared to take it off the can and put a Netflix logo there that yeah. they're, they'll, they'll go with the less profitable model. Right. You know, because um, like if I was the CEO of Coke and you guys were the CEOs of Pepsi, I called you right now and said, hey, Smiley, I'll pay you $25 to take the Pepsi logo off of there and put the
2: Coke over there. You would say no. It's going to happen.
0: So they care more about the Pepsi logo than 25 or a hundred times in their revenue. It's all
2: about the brand. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Smiley, I, I, I don't know about you, but my, my mind's been blown as it relates to just this whole my concept dad. around the freemium model, as you said, but, but Smiley, I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, take it from there.
1: No, no I, I want to just say, Josh, as you could see, we could talk to you all day. Oh, yeah. It's such a, uh, you know, it, I I I love the way you explain the story when you when you were talking with your mom and you said, well, we're just middle class, but you know what? What you're doing is even exponentially more phenomenally impressive than Elon because you are middle class or you started from zero, whereas Elon started with an army of the best minds on the planet and a couple billion in his bank it's account. Kind
0: of like a diamond or emerald mine in Africa. Uh, exactly. Right, right,
1: right, right, right. He's never been middle-class, so I think you're even more impressive than Elon, so take that, <laughs> But I wanna thank you, Josh, for for being on our podcast and just sharing this whole uh, mind-blowing, epiphany-thinking method of just bringing value to the world and to society. So thank you very much, Josh. We
2: yeah, man, you. appreciate you being Great. on the podcast.
0: No, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Let's do another podcast soon, if